0: Something remarkable happened in the White House this week, in the Oval Office. You probably saw the video, but you might have missed the moment. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer were meeting with President Trump amid their standoff over the federal budget. And that's when it happened.
1: And if it's not good border security, I it won't take it. It is very good border security. And if it's security. not good what border security, security, I won't take it's it. What the because board- when you look at these numbers of the effectiveness of our border security. Wait a second,
0: did somebody say numbers?
1: numbers?
0: Hey everybody, it's Todd Bishop, here with a special bonus episode of Numbers Geek, focusing on the long-term trends and the big picture numbers behind border security. We're gonna be providing some context for an issue that is once again coming to a boil in Washington, DC. Stay with us for a look at the numbers behind the border. That meeting between President Trump and Democratic congressional leaders in the Oval Office this week is getting lots of attention for the spectacle that it created. But more interesting for our purposes was the attempt by President Trump to ground the discussion in numbers, which he did with old school note cards as the debate heated up.
1: I asked for a couple of notes on that.
0: It's a great opportunity to look at some of the key numbers behind this issue. Later on, we'll be checking in with our resident numbers geek, Steve Ballmer, the former Microsoft CEO and the founder of our podcast partner, USA Facts, the nonpartisan, not-for-profit civic data initiative. But first, let's hear more of the numbers that President Trump cited.
1: If you look at San Diego, uh, illegal traffic dropped 92% once the wall was up. El Paso, uh, illegal traffic dropped 72% then ultimately 95% once the wall was up. In Tucson, Arizona, illegal traffic dropped ninety two percent. Yuma, it dropped illegal traffic ninety five to ninety six percent. I mean, uh, and that when when I say dropped, uh, the only reason we even have any percentage where people got through is because they walk and go around areas that aren't built.
0: Now, President Trump did not give a time frame for those declines, but a White House official later told KGUN TV in Tucson, that the president was referencing the long-term effect of walls and fences built on the border in those areas, dating back to the 1990s and 2000s. Now, it might seem counterintuitive, but a decrease in border apprehensions tends to be viewed as a sign of stronger border security. That's because apprehensions are an indicator of overall unauthorized border crossings, as NPR reported this week. This video produced by U.S. Customs and Border Protection in 2017, details the tactics and trends in some of the key areas the president cited and underscores how that decrease in apprehensions is seen as a positive later, development.
1: Traffic shifted to Tucson sector.
0: Leading the nation's apprehensions in fiscal year 2000 with more than 600,000 arrests, agents dealt with a rising number of assaults and vehicles attempting to evade law enforcement at high rates of speed, endangering both the public and the migrants. In 2010, 251 migrants perished in the harsh mountainous environment due to being left behind by their callous smugglers. With an increase in manpower, improvements in technology and intelligence, Tucson's sector deployed forward operating bases and improved tactical infrastructure with fencing and vehicle barriers. From fiscal year 2000 to 2015, apprehensions dropped by nearly 90% to 63,400. USA Facts collects and reports U.S. border apprehension numbers going back decades across both Republican and Democratic administrations. And if we look at the big picture data, two interesting trends emerge. First, the number of border apprehensions has declined by more than 80% over the past 17 years. In 2000, the government reported nearly 1.7 million border apprehensions. By 2015, 15 years later, toward the end of the Obama administration, border apprehensions had already dropped to about 337,000 per year. And in 2017, two years later, the first year of the Trump administration, the number declined a bit more to 311,000 border apprehensions. Over the same time period, the number of Border Patrol agents has more than doubled, gone in the opposite direction, from 9,200 in 2000, rising steadily to a peak of more than 21,000 agents from 2011 to 2013. The number of Border Patrol agents then declined to 19,000 as of last year, down 2,000 agents from the peak, but still more than double the number of agents from 17 years ago. Now, these numbers can fluctuate month to month by location and by type of immigrant, but these two long-term trends predate the current administration by many years. So what does our resident numbers geek take away from these trends? Well, first, it's important to note that USA Facts is nonpartisan. Steve Ballmer's goal is to ground the discussion in numbers and inform the public conversation, not to advocate a position on either side. Now, when I talked to him about the border numbers earlier this year, I asked him what we should make of the increase in border patrol agents and the concurrent decline in border apprehensions.
2: What we may see is just that we're apprehending fewer people. It could say we hired a bunch of border patrol agents and they're not apprehending as many people. But it also could say we've hired a bunch of border patrol agents and they're doing a better job. So this is one where I'd say, I don't have a theory of what's really happened, but having people know those numbers, being able to ask their legislator, what do you think about this? What does it tell you? How does this factor into your vote on whether we should increase the size of Immigration and Customs Enforcement Group? Very controversial group right now in society. Um, you You get people all over the political spectrum with different opinions on that. But this is relevant for participating in the debate of what we should do on our borders.
0: Steve, one of the cool features on the USAFacts.org site is an immigration timeline. You can actually see policy changes, major milestones dating back over the centuries, and then also see at the same time the growth or the shrinkage in the foreign-born population. One of the most interesting moments is the border wall. Not the current discussion over the border wall, but the discussion dating back to 1994. What can we learn from
2: that? I'm not sure what we can learn from it. I think it's probably good context. If you go back even further, under Reagan, amnesty was granted to undocumented immigrants. If you go, which I think in today's political climate, people will say, whoa, that's crazy. That's not what we would have thought the Republicans are saying today. You go forward to 1994, and under President Clinton, you get the first start of the building of a wall, both to keep out people coming in illegally and drugs coming in illegally. And I think, again, if you look at the debate today, most people say, whoa, that doesn't sound like where the Democrats are today. And having that context, as you take a look at the issues today, might let you believe that these issues are not really as defined by party over time as they are defined by people and attitudes. I'm not saying that's the cause, but it is interesting to, to think that within the last 40 years, Democrats have been on the other side of some of the issues versus where they are today, and so have Republicans. And in a way, I might offer that as a form of hope, it means people do evolve their views. They think things through in different ways. And now the key is to hope people find that common ground, given that Republicans can't say to themselves, we've always been one way on immigration, when Reagan was clearly a little different place, and the Democrats can't say, we've always been one um, one place on immigration, because things were, were a little different in the Clinton era. And hopefully, if people can just stop and take a look at the factual history and the real numbers, we can get a little bit more constructive debate and, let me call it, compromise-type resolution on what to go do. What are your key
0: takeaways for
2: anybody looking at the immigration issue on either side of the issue, on either side of the wall? 1.1 million new people come into the country every year. Immigration is here. It's a real part of the growth of this country. It's been part of the way this country is involved. We've always had a reasonably large, whether it's 5% or 14% foreign-born population. It's been a fundamental part of America, obviously going back uh, to the founding and really understanding the debate today and looking at the numbers. Who's coming in? Who's coming out? Why are they coming in? Why are they going out? That really should help us find common ground in terms of resolving some of the issues in front of us, which frankly wind up sort of sounding like Kabuki Theater to me. Heck, we can't have any. Heck, we can have a lot. And people aren't really considering why people come, under what legal structure do people come, and then in that context, talk in a reasonable way about policy. Those are some of the highlights
0: from our resident numbers geek, Steve Ballmer, addressing the issue of Border Patrol and immigration. We'll have a full episode focusing on immigration later this season on Numbers Geek. In the meantime, you can go to USAFacts.org for a deep dive on the numbers behind U.S. immigration and border protection. A good place to start is page 40 of the 2018 USA Facts Annual Report, which you can download for free as a PDF on the site. You can also check out the immigration section of the USA Facts Voter Center. We'll link to both of those from the show notes for this bonus episode at geekwire.com numbersgeek. Now, before we end, a big thanks to everybody who sent in submissions for our Your Number segment. We'll be featuring those on an upcoming episode of the show. And in the meantime, if you want to tell us about the most important number in your world, just record a 30 to 60 second audio clip on your phone and send it to numbersgeek at geekwire.com. Also, a big thanks to the many readers and listeners who submitted answers to the eighth grade math question in our education episode. We've given out all of the allotted Numbers Geek shirts for now, but the response was so enthusiastic from all of you Numbers Geeks out there that we will have more contests in the future. So be sure to subscribe to the Numbers Geek podcast so you don't miss another chance to win. Also, please rate and review Numbers Geek on your favorite podcast app so you can let others know what you think about the show. We'll be back next Tuesday, December 18th with another full episode of Numbers Geek. Numbers Geek is a production of GeekWire in partnership with Steve Ballmer and USA Facts. Music by Daniel L.K. Caldwell. Graphic design by Killer Infographics. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. Thanks for listening to Numbers Geek.